Listener Production. Hello, welcome to The Briefing. It is Friday, the 12th of November. Tom Tilly with you, joined by Jan Fran. Hey, Jan. Hello, Tom. Have you received any suspicious text messages lately? Oh, about 6,000. Those DHL. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's so many of them. Yeah, well, I received one just a few days ago. I've been receiving maybe 10 or 20 in the last few months, but one just a few days ago from an unknown mobile number that said, Honey, I broke up with him. The number has been changed. Add me to WhatsApp with a link. And I thought, wow, scammers are getting really creative. Yeah. They're pretending to be a girlfriend of mine that's broken up with a boyfriend to get me to click on the link. I didn't, but lots of these scam texts I'm getting. Yeah, well, that's a really curly one. I mean, the main one I've been getting is, you know, your parcel is blah, blah, blah from DHL, and you're like, no, it's not. Exactly. And it turns out that actually more than two-thirds of Australians with a phone have been contacted by a scammer in the past 12 months. Now... Ian Clayfield from Brisbane, he's one of them. Didn't end well for him. I clicked the link on my phone. Oh, I didn't expect to be getting a pass, but, you know, you never do know. I ended up being rorted of two $63 charges. So Ian did put in his credit card details, which is part of the reason he lost that money, but got a feel for the guy. Yeah, so far this year alone, Australians have lost a record $77.8 million to scams involving unsolicited calls or text messages. This is according to the ACCC's Scam Watch program. Now, the thing with this figure is that it's more than double the amount that's been reported over the same period last year. COVID-19 and the lockdown has created a perfect ecosystem for scammers. Yeah, in this episode of The Briefing, we'll find out why COVID has increased the number of scams and also what you can do to protect yourself from them. First, here are today's headlines. We are starting with some Elon Musk news for your Friday and the billionaire has confirmed that he has sold some of his Tesla stocks. However, it's not the amount that he promised he would sell in a Twitter poll. Yeah, it's still quite a big figure though. Um, so the world's richest man revealed in filings yesterday that he'd sold $6.8 billion worth of his stock, which is 3% of his holdings, less than the 10% um, he promised to sell in that Twitter poll over the weekend. Yeah, I, I, those numbers just don't compute in my brain. Your eyes are just rolling into the back <laughs> of your head and around I'm again. I'm sorry, 6.8 billion. Let me, I can't do the calculations. No. Yeah, he asked Twitter on the weekend um, whether or not he should sell 10% of his Tesla stock. And three and a half million people voted in the Twitter poll and 57.9% said that yes, he should sell it. And he did say, I will abide by the results of this poll, whichever way it goes. However, he did not. Well, yeah, he could be selling it in in chunks, which, you know, is quite possibly what's going to happen here. Um, it's been a bit of a rough ride for the Tesla share price. Um, whenever Elon tweets, I, I'm sure <laughs> Tesla investors, <laughs> they get nervous. So it's off about 16% this week, but in the last 12 months, it's actually up 154%. And to Queensland, where Premier Anastasia Palaszczuk is warning of a return of COVID restrictions to the southeast part of the state. This is after two mystery COVID cases on the Gold Coast popped up in as many days. If we see more unlinked community transmission on the Gold Coast in the next 24 to 48 hours, we may have to put in place some further restrictions. Does she mean a, a lockdown? 
Well, potentially, yeah, she does mean a lockdown. How uh, quaint. <laughs> Aren't they like way back in the past? Well, I think Victoria and New South Wales have moved forward with uh, with no lockdowns anymore. But um, authorities in Queensland did say that a vaccinated Uber driver had caught the mm. virus from an unknown source and had been infectious in the community for up to three days. You do have to remember, Tom, COVID has been by and large relatively absent in mm. Queensland and they also have among the lowest vaccination rates in the country as well. So a Delta outbreak is uh, spells some pretty bad news for them up there. And Dylan Olcott, the wheelchair tennis star, says he could run for politics, saying he wants to continue advocating for people with a disability after he leaves sport. You can actually influence a lot of change in there. If you want to speak about somebody at a table, they need a seat at that table. There's so much policy made on behalf of people with disability, you know, not inclusive of us, and that's not good enough. That was Olcott speaking to the ABC there. Now, he's a multiple Grand Slam Mm. winner, He's a Paralympic gold medal holder and, dum-dum-dum, he did announce plans mm. to retire from tennis next year. Yeah, he didn't give much detail about his potential um, run into politics, but he did praise the Green Senator, Jordan Steele-Johns, for his advocacy for people living with a disability in the federal parliament. Yeah, I think, look, we're speculating a little bit. Mm. Why not? We're projecting he said on it. Dylan. Someone asked him. He, he said did. It. <laughs> and he's so talented and he's such a nice guy as well. You know, I think politics would do him well. I think he'd do well in politics too. Dylan, if you're listening, please run. He'd make Canberra more fun, I reckon. Yeah. And there has been a surprise agreement. No one was expecting this one from the world's two biggest polluters, the United States and China, at the COP26 uh, climate summit in Glasgow to reduce the use of fossil fuels and to cut down on methane emissions. The United States and China have no shortage of differences, but on climate, cooperation is the only way to get this job done. That's John Kerry, the US climate envoy, announcing the agreement there at COP26 yesterday. This is an interesting one because at the beginning of the climate change summit, Biden was really calling out China for not being present, Mm. um, saying that they weren't doing enough. And now this seems to be a little bit of a 180. Yeah, I think what what most people are sort of encouraged by is that there's so many problems in other areas like trade or, you know, national security between China and the US, but they are agreeing to work together on climate change. So this moves forward a big agreement they initially made in 2014 and hopefully continues some level of cooperation in this space. Yeah, and there have been a number of climate policy experts, though, that have said there isn't too much substance to the agreement, but that it's been particularly vital in setting the scene and saying that the world's two largest economies and potentially two biggest polluters will be cooperating. And yesterday we mentioned the Socceroos game that was um, the first game in over a year and a half played on home soil. And that game went ahead last night, but it was absolutely gruelling. It was a nil-all draw with Saudi Arabia. Mm, Yeah, that means Australia will have to uphold its strong record in its next match against China to stay in the top two spots. And that's what will guarantee qualification for the FIFA World Cup in Qatar next year. And Australia's through to the finals of the T20 Cricket World Cup. It's a very exciting finish. Matt Wade hit three consecutive sixes to bring the team home against Pakistan. Australia will now face New Zealand in the finals on Monday. Exciting. All right, that's it for the headlines. Just a reminder, it is Friday, which means uh, we have the briefing Instagram quiz. If you listen to every episode of The Briefing, you're going to blitz this quiz. Go into your weekend feeling intelligent. (laughs) (laughs) Coming up next, phone scams. 
It has been a record year for phone scams. Earlier in the show, you heard from Ian, who was scammed out of $126 after clicking on a link that he thought was from courier service DHL. No matter where I turned, DHL, no answers. The bank, no answers. The money's long gone, but the bottom line, don't click on those links you get sent. All right, so why are there so many of these scams and how can you protect yourself from them? To answer those questions, we've got Delia Rickard with us. She is the deputy chair of the ACCC, which is the Competition and Consumer Commission. They run Scam Watch. Delia, why have we seen such a big increase in these scams? It has been a record year and over 50% of scams have been delivered via the phone. I think there's a few things about it. The popular scams at the moment are ones that work best if the scammer can actually speak to you and emotionally manipulate you. So whether we're talking about remote access scams where they're trying to pretend to be Amazon, eBay, um, NBN and want access to your computer, they really need to talk to you to be able to get that access. And when they're talking to you via the phone, they are much more able to manipulate you, to make you scared, to make you excited about something, to get the response that they want. And also modern technology and VoIP just make it incredibly cheap and easy to make these calls and they've introduced efficiencies too to make it even more profitable for them so that these days they also have robo calls at the beginning. So you'll get a call mm. saying um, Australian Border Force has issued a warrant for your arrest, You've a parcel in your name has been intercepted, a legal activity, etc. Press 1. And by doing that, what they're doing is weeding out all the people who are going to recognise it's a scam so they don't waste human resources on talking to them and they're talking to people who are more likely to be caught by the scam. Is it any coincidence that there's been an increase in these scams during the pandemic? I don't think it is. I think scams have in any event been going up despite more resources being put into stopping them because these days it is big business, it is international organised crime and incredibly lucrative. So there are lots trying to get into the scamming side of things. However, COVID-19 and the lockdown has created a perfect ecosystem for scammers. You've got people who aren't used to being online, suddenly online all the time. You've got government interacting with people much more than they have in the past and in different ways. And people, you know, sometimes in quite desperate states who are keen to speak to the government to access benefits to help get themselves through the pandemic. So it is just a situation ripe for scammers to both harvest your personal information and to get your money. One of the features of the pandemic is we've all been doing so much more online shopping and having all these parcels delivered, which is why I think this DHL-style scam seems to have really taken off and sucked in some people like Ian, who we heard from at the top of the podcast. He clicked through, gave his credit card details, ended up getting um, rorted two lots of $63. Tell us more about this type of scam. This is a scam that has been around for ages and we're going to see lots more of it as we approach Christmas. And it can, they can pretend to be DHL, they can pretend to be Australia Post. They will find a reason usually for saying that something's happened with your passport, you need to pay $2 to get it delivered as usually a small amount. You'll have to click through, they will then ask for your credit card details. And of course, way more is taken out of your account than they originally asked for. That's the normal version of it. There are all sorts of offtakes of it. Delia, I've received a number of these text messages and my first question, well, I have a lot of questions, but one of them is, how did they get my number? Mm. Am I on some kind of list that I don't know about? How are they getting to us? 
Scammers have multiple ways of getting phone numbers. Some of them are just generated by a computer. Sometimes they buy lists on the dark web. The Flubot scam, which has been in Australia since August, and amongst other things, harvests up all your contacts of your phone, will also be providing them with extra numbers. Sometimes they just use a telephone book. So they have a large number of ways of getting your number. It's worth mentioning that we're doing a lot of work with the telcos, started with Telstra, but now with others, and they are getting a lot better at recognising scam calls and blocking them. Over 200 million calls have been blocked so far this year, but unfortunately, the numbers are still going up. So along with you know people like Ian who lost a few hundred dollars, these scams can actually go to a whole new level, right? It's not just sort of putting in your credit card details and and losing a few hundred dollars, they can actually get inside your phone. We tend to divide scams into two groups. There are the ones which are broadcast far and wide. The scammer doesn't need to do much. The reward they get is usually in the hundreds, possibly thousands. And then you've got scams like investment scams and romance scams, where the scammer invests a large amount of time interacting with you and convincing you either that they're the love of your life or that they've got this fabulous investment deal for you. And when we talk about those scams, we see people losing hundreds of thousands, sometimes over a million dollars to these scams. And they are the really, really lucrative ones for scammers. Delia, do we know who's behind these scams? Has anyone been caught? We have a few homegrown scammers and we've seen many more arrests over the last um, 18 months of scammers than I've ever seen before. However, the vast, vast majority of these scammers are based overseas. Different countries tend to be associated with different areas. But really these days, it's big international organised crime and there can be people involved in multiple continents. So, There is no one home for scammers. You will find, for instance, large call centres in multiple jurisdictions around the world who do nothing but make scam calls all day, every day. You'll find clusters of people in different areas and different groups are associated with different types of scams. The days when it was, you know, corrupt individuals here and there doing the scamming, they probably still exist, but it's a much more organised business these days. Julia, what happens if you get caught in one of these scams? I mean, we've heard from Ian, he lost money to one of these scams and he reckons that it's gone. He's got no recourse getting it back. If you lose money in this way, can you get it back and what are you meant to do? The first thing you should do is contact your bank straight away if you've given away any financial details Um, and they can stop any more going out of your account. And sometimes if you let them know very quickly, these days they can get the money back for you. Scammers these days are just as interested in getting your personal information, your identity information as they are of your money. So if you've lost identity information, then there's a fantastic organisation called ID Care, who are a not-for-profit who can help you through all of that. And it really is a nightmare unwinding ID theft. So they are a great resource to help you. But Getting your money back happens, but it is the exception. Sometimes if it's an online shopping scam and it's a scam store that you've purchased from, if it hasn't yet closed down and they come and go quite quickly, you may be able to get a charge back too using if you've purchased by a credit card. So we've all pulled out our phones thinking, what can we do to make sure this doesn't happen to us? What are the easy precautions you can take? Probably the best advice I can give is when you're dealing with someone remotely, whether it's via phone, SMS, social media, you can never really know who you're dealing with. 
and scammers are just expert in impersonating others. So we see every day we get hundreds if not thousands of reports where the scammers have impersonated governments, banks, delivery companies, major retailers, utilities. So if you're contacted out of the blue, there are some basic things to know. You don't know who you're dealing with, so don't give them personal information. Certainly don't give them money or remote access to your computer and don't click on any links in the communications, no matter how tempting, what enticement they've provided you to click. And don't be pressured into making decisions. If you think it might be legitimate, then the best thing to do is go and independently source the number for the organisation they say they are. Don't use the contact details in the communications and get in touch and say, look, I've had this communication. Is it legitimate or not? Aside from the sort of personal uh, stuff that we can do to try and prevent this from happening to us, what's some of the big picture stuff that needs to happen as well? Because Labor has pledged to introduce a scam buster minister and set up a national anti-scam centre that brings together all the stakeholders like tech companies, the law, banks, so they can communicate better and hopefully shut down these scams a lot quicker. That's the plan. Would something like that be beneficial? A lot of that work is already happening. So, for instance, we do a lot of work with banks. Banks are getting very, very good at recognising when money's going to scammers. They stopped 200 million worth going last year. A lot of work through the ACMA, ourselves and others, have been done recently with the telcos. So they are getting better at stopping scam calls and there's a lot more work in progress there. The Australian Cyber Security Centre and the ACCC Scam Watch do a lot of work taking down scam websites constantly and we interact regularly with the platforms who do do a lot but still need to do more to keep scams off their sites or off the internet. I never say no to more efforts being put into this and there's also more international policing happening these days and all of this is around disrupting them. So it's always good to have more but more is being done and in a more coordinated way these days than I've ever seen in the past and I've been working in this area for many years now. That was Delia Rickard from the ACCC. And what's blowing my mind about this text message scam that we've all been getting, Jan, is just the scale of it. In researching this segment, I looked and saw that it was, it's was it been going on in loads of countries around the world. It's obviously a, a massive operation. Yeah, absolutely. And as I said at the top of the show, the scammers are getting very creative and I almost fell for it. And I'm someone who thinks that I that everything's a scam. The- <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I think highly of myself in this area that I can withstand scams and I know when something's a scam and I nearly fell for that one. So be on the lookout, man. Well, you did a whole TV show about picking out fakes, didn't you, pretty much? Thank you for reminding me. Yes, I did. I should be better at it. All right, that's it for your Monday to Friday briefing. Jamila, what is happening tomorrow on the weekend briefing? This weekend on the podcast, I have had a really good conversation with Yumi Steins. She is, of course, a journalist and writer, and she hosts this podcast and has a new book called Ladies We Need to Talk. In that, she has these really interesting conversations about taboo subjects, and that's exactly what she and I do. We talk about alcoholism, we talk about painful sex, we talk about separation, we talk about adults' relationship with their teenage kids. This is a really really juicy one and Yumi is wise and wickedly funny 
I'm looking forward to that one. That's your weekend briefing with Jamila Rizvi. Um, big thank you to the hardworking team that make the briefing possible. Executive producer Dan Mullins, uh, news producers Liam Kennedy and Brooke Lauvner, social media producer Emily Lodge and Matt Cuz Curry on the edits. Um, thank you so much for listening. Hope you have a great weekend. I'll speak to you Monday. Listener.